Hey guys, Barry Magdaly back for another episode of the Comeback Game podcast. Today I have Alex Sharfen, uh, founder of the Momentum podcast, author of the Entrepreneur Personality Type, and uh, creator of the Billionaire Code. Alex Sharfen, how you doing, mate? I'm doing good, Barry. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so grateful, mate, you're here. And uh, you're calling in from Austin, Texas. I am, and uh, you know, I realize that I have a weird accent for you, but like the feelings mutual, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, mate, uh, you've been in the entrepreneur game for a long time. Uh, and for those, those out there that are watching and listening to this right now, tell us a little bit about you. Um, just like my entrepreneurial background? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Barry, I think for me it started really young, really young. I was always that kid who didn't fit in. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand social situations. I wasn't very good at school. I really wasn't good at school. Um, I didn't get along with the other kids very well. And I, I always kind of was like on the outside looking in. And um, as a kid, I felt like I was so far from the concept called success that there was no way I would ever be successful. It was really more about survival and trying not to get beat up and, you know, have challenges and this, the, a lot of the stuff that was going on for me when I was younger. And I think, you know, that, that not fitting in, not really being able to work with other people's systems or other people's structures or processes, that's kind of been a theme my whole life. I, I never, you know, I didn't do very well in when I got jobs. I did okay. I was able to hold on to jobs, but I didn't really thrive when I was younger. Um, by the time I was uh, 16 years old, I had opened my first business. When I, when I was eight or nine years old, I was selling candy at school. When I was in junior high school, I actually almost right. got kicked out of school for selling stuff. So it's like, it's what I've always done. And yeah. when I was a kid, my dad, um, my father had a business that he lost. He didn't go bankrupt. He actually was able to get out of it without bankrupting our family, but it was close. Yeah. And yeah. he and I went to um, like a flea market. I don't know what you call it in Australia, but like a bazaar or a flea market or like a, an outdoor market. And we were selling things. And I remember being behind the table for the first time selling. And a woman walked up. It was the first day we were there. We had just gotten everything out of the boxes. And I was selling like a pen with a clock in it, which was big time for the 1980s. And uh, it was like 1981 and it, there was a pen with a little LCD clock and she asked me about it and I told her about it and she bought it. And I remember thinking like, holy crap, this is something I can do. <laughs> and from that point forward, like business was just something I obsessed over because it was a game that I felt like I could understand the rules and win. And I didn't feel like that in most other cases. Yeah. And so I think, I think entrepreneurship found me as much as I found it. Yeah. And what age was that again? When I was selling the, the pen, yeah. I was yeah. eight years old. Wow. Yeah. So I can imagine, like, looking back at that, how, you know, growing up uh, probably wasn't the nicest of experiences, feeling like you don't fit in, feeling like you don't get what, what everyone else around you seemingly gets. Yeah. How did yeah. that turn around? Because you, you seem to be doing okay now. Right. You know, it's funny. I still think like I'm that same kid, but I just feel like I've, I've learned more, you know, more about the world and I understand more because... You know, when you, when you look at most entrepreneurs, let's be honest, man, we don't fit in and, and we're yeah. not like the rest of the world. Every single one of us has felt isolated and alone and like a party of one and like we are different from everyone. And when I was younger, I started like trying to figure this out. Like, you know, I, I knew I was not good at most things that you're supposed to be good at in the world. I wasn't good at school. I wasn't good at friends. I wasn't good at sports. I wasn't, I wasn't really good at a lot. 
And so I went and started reading about successful people because I had this, this belief that like, if I read enough about successful people, I would figure out how I could be successful. And Barry, when I went and started reading about successful people, I found people just like me. You know, here, here I was thinking success was gonna look like something totally different. And I started reading and, you know, Newton discovered gravity sitting under a tree and imagining an apple hitting him in the head. Well, we don't talk about the fact that he was under the tree because he was antisocial and had what we would call today social anxiety disorder. Mm. Einstein would have been Asperger's or autistic. He didn't speak until he was four. He was unable to tie his shoes. He failed algebra, but then went on to become one of the most important physicists and philosophers in the history of the world. You know, Socrates went to his death he drank poison because he wouldn't admit he was wrong. And so you start looking at successful people throughout history, and here's what you see. They're exactly like you and I are. They're different. They're, they're isolated. They felt alone. They, they knew they were different from the people around them. They felt the cognitive dissonance of wanting to, to do more and to be more and to make a contribution but not knowing how. And so mm -hmm. I think we've all gone through that. And so the more that I read about it, the more that I, I understood that success wasn't this magical thing, that it was actually people just like you and I just showing up in a way that they could do what they wanted to do, things started changing for me. I remember, mm -hmm. um, you know, I remember reading about specifically Einstein and, uh, and Thomas Edison, you know, when I read the story of Edison, I almost fell out of my chair. He was sent home at five years old because he was too slow to be in school. And his mom, his mom, instead of telling him, hey, the school said you're dumb and you couldn't go to school, he, he asked, you know, what, what was on the sheet of paper that the school sent home? And his mom said, they said that you're, you're extraordinary and you're too smart to be in the school and the, the, the other kids are going to hold you back. So you're just going to stay home and learn. And then she did what is now today known as unschooling. And Thomas Edison went on to be one of the most important men in human history. Wow. So when you look at that, like, I think, you know, for me, what shifted wasn't so much who I am, because I still am deficient in so many different ways. But what I realized was success is looking at what you're good at, and amplifying and doing more of it and, and looking at what you're passionate about and amplifying and doing more of it. And, uh, and you know, here's, here's something I want to share with anybody who's listening, because you shared a little bit of your of who your audience is. It's it's you know entrepreneurs who might be struggling, might be having a hard time, like want to go out and actually make something happen. And here's what I want everyone listening to know: if you've ever felt alone or isolated or like a party of one or like there's nobody else out there like you, I want you to understand something. Nothing could be further from the truth. Because if you're listening to this podcast and you have that motivation to help and contribute and to do more and to create something in the world then I want you to understand one thing is that when you look back through history of the timeline of history you remember, of the timeline of history that matters for you to remember, everyone that comes to your mind that's important to you is just like us and just like you. And that is, that is who you are, that is your tribe, that is your birthright. And the challenge for people like us is that we grow up in this environment that makes us feel like we're alone and isolated and we're not like anyone else. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that people like us, when we get together, we change the world. And if you're listening to this podcast and you've ever asked the question, can I, I want you to know the answer is absolutely yes, because your mind wouldn't pose the question unless it was a complete possibility. So go forward. Mm. And I love, I love what you shared too about Thomas Edison, right? His mother had a choice of sharing, sharing the perceived truth of the yeah. teachers that he was stupid. 
and instead she chose that moment to inspire him, maybe to protect his feelings, maybe to maybe to just you know keep him away from from the feelings that she may have thought it would have felt. However, I can see that that planted a seed that that planted a seed of possibility for him, and that seed you know he took on to become his reality. He took on to become his identity, and you know I see a lot. Uh, you know, we've been coaching for a long time, as I'm sure you have as well. And I think a lot of the success that we say our clients get is purely from the fact that we believe in them, that before any strategy or tactics or anything else even come into them, we have a belief that they are capable of far more than they even see possible. And, and, and uh, you know, one of the, the, the favorite quotes that I like to use is that we're not the highest versions of ourselves that we can imagine. We're the lowest versions of ourselves that we can accept. And we'll do nothing to achieve our dreams mm. than fight like hell not to breach our standards. And, you know, here's the thing is if we're, if we're posing our standards against what the social norm is, against what we read and perceive through Facebook and Instagram, all these are people that are posting one aspect of their life, we're destined to not achieve our greatness. Because the reality is, as you know, as well as I do, a lot of the people that post all these memes and all these positive quotes, they experience these severe feelings of being lonely, of yeah. feeling like they don't fit in. Yet, you know, on social, it, the end thing is to, to write inspiring quotes, to, to live people up so yeah. how have you how have you taken all of what you've known and all of what you've experienced and and channeled that and funneled that into the success and to the growth and to the momentum that you're creating for your life and the lives of the people you work with um you know barry i think i think that the world has an equation today that if you don't look like everyone else talk like everyone else show up like everyone else and learn at the same pace as everyone else you're a broken person and we need to medicate you and fix you as fast as we can and what i've learned and what i fully believe is absolute fact is that if you don't look like everyone else talk like everyone else show up like everyone else and learn like everyone else you are exactly the brilliant person who's going to go on and change the world and history has proven that over and over again and so, you know, we work with very high level entrepreneurs, but we also have some products for people who are entry level, our podcast, our, the entrepreneurial personality type book, Momentum Masterclass. And what we work on is showing entrepreneurs that the world is wrong about us. You know, here's, here's what the world says to people like us. You need to be better. You need to sit down. You need to slow down, stop talking, quit making everyone else uncomfortable. Every one of us has heard it. But the fact is, if you know you were meant to change the world. If you have that crazy, insane voice inside your head that says you're meant to do more, to be more, to change the world, to make things happen, that is the most sane, rational part of your entire being, but we mm. spend our whole lives trying to turn it off. Mm. And so, you know, what we, we tell our clients, lean into it and understand it because here's what I know about people like you and I. Barry, can you turn it off? No, God, no. Why would you ever want to? You know, yeah. the rest of the world can turn it off. Like we, we look at the rest of the world and, and there's people who call in sick. Like what the hell is calling in sick? Can you imagine ever calling in sick on your own business? Like give me a break. And, and the rest of the world is like waiting for the day that someone gives them a gold watch so they can stop working. I don't even know how to think like that. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurs, we get up every day. We want to make things happen. We want to, to, to move forward, create progress. And we want to be in momentum. You know, we don't just hear that word. We feel it. It isn't, it isn't a description of something. It's a life force for us. Mm. And so for, for everyone that we work with, we put together systems and structures so that they can maintain the highest level of momentum in their life. But our main message is stop focusing on your weaknesses. Go lean into every strength you have and the weaknesses won't matter. Mm. You know, today the message is for entrepreneurs is change this, do this, be this, and everything's going to be okay. 
I tell entrepreneurs, screw all of that. Do exactly what you want to do. Do what you're good at. Do what makes you excited. And do what you know is going to make the biggest contribution you can make. And you'll make all the money you want. Mm-hmm. So true. I remember reading uh, your book, The Entrepreneur Personality Type. And it was definitely a game changer for me because, you know, a lot of what I discovered for myself and a lot of what, I, what I'd seen or shared or experienced within the, the clients we work with was summarized so elegantly in such a way that just made sense. And, and as you said, it's that feeling of like, holy shit, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one <laughs> to experience this feeling. And I suppose the question I've got is, is, is how does that interplay when there is partners or children involved as well? Because here's the thing is that, as you said, like a lot of people don't understand that. So how have you found that you've been able to you know, have successful businesses and, and do, the, the, do the amazing work that you do and still maintain that family balance and still maintain that relationship with your kids and your wife? You know, um, Barry, I think that entrepreneurs fight process because process and structure makes us feel constrained. It makes us feel like we can't be what we want to be. It makes us feel like we have to do the same thing over and over again. But the reality is, is that process and structure sets us free. Mm. And, um, so true. God, that's it's true. So true. you know, and, and Katie and I, my wife and I, um, we've been together for 16 years this October, wow. this December, and we've been married for 13 and we've had dozens of businesses. We've probably produced gross revenue wise, well over a hundred million and in profits, tens of millions. And all of that is possible because of process and structure. So we have a structure for how we run businesses. We have a structure for how we run our lives. We have morning routines. We have a daily alignment. We have a weekly check-in. We have a monthly financial review meeting for our personal lives and our business. Mm -hmm. And when we show entrepreneurs to add some minimal structure to their lives and minimal structure to their business, magic happens. Mm -hmm. Because what happens with people like us, you know, I have this theory that you and I are really not like the rest of the world. And it's not just because we're entrepreneurs. I think that this small slice of people who gets up every day, goes out into the future, creates a new reality and comes back to the present and insists it becomes real, that we are evolutionary hunters. Mm. When you look at the evolutionary human tribe, we arrived here today because we've been able to survive for thousands of years. Well, we did that because there's different, different personalities in the human tribe. There's different functions that people serve. And entrepreneurs are the people who get up every day and withstand the vulnerability and the exposure it takes to change the status quo. We are the evolutionary hunters. Mm -hmm. And for us, for a hunter, we need structure. We need to know what, what our kill is. We need to know what process we're gonna use. And if we have those things, we will win. Mm -hmm. If we just go out haphazard and don't ever figure out what we're going to hunt and what the progress is, how we're gonna measure progress and an understanding of exactly how we're gonna do it, we will waffle back and forth. We will fall out of momentum. And Barry, that's one of the most dangerous places for people like us to be. Yeah. Because when we're in momentum, you know what it feels like to be in momentum, right? Yeah. yeah. What does it feel I, like for you? I, I also know what it feels like not to be in, be in momentum. And it's the most frustrating feeling. It's almost like death. It's like death. Not well, setting towards. Well, here's, here's, here's how we share it with entrepreneurs, Barry. It's very simple for people like us. You know, you go out into the real world and there's all these emotions, happy, sad, all this stuff. I don't think people like us really understand it. I don't really think that you and I know what happy and sad means. And I know that sounds crazy, but let's just play with it for a second. If you look at it as binary, happy's on and sad is off. 
But what's the difference between sad, frustrated, pissed off, ticked off, confused, angry, and just plain not going to talk to you? Yeah. There's no difference. Like for us, yeah. it's like, I'm not going to treat it any different. So get the world of emotions out of your head. We exist in three states. The first one's in momentum. Like you just said, when you're in momentum, it feels like you're alive. It feels like anything can happen. You feel, you actually, here's what's crazy about people like us. You actually are physically boosted. Yeah. You don't, you don't imagine you have more energy. You have more energy. Yeah. You actually are cognitively boosted. You don't perceive you can think faster and answer questions faster. You actually do. Yeah. And the, yeah. the third one, which is crazy, is you're chemically boosted. Mm. When people like you and I are in momentum, when we're on the hunt, when we're chasing down something and getting there, we have a massive chemical, chemical boost of dopamine and serotonin and all of these chemicals that would make you go on the hunt and stay on the hunt. Yeah. Now, when we get into a place where we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel when we aren't in momentum, when the world is working against us, when we're held in place, Barry, when you're in that place of full constraint, when you can't see the light of any end of the tunnel, how fast is it before your body starts breaking down? Instantly. Instant, it's like immediate yeah. exhaustion and fatigue. How yeah. fast is it before it's hard to make decisions? Yeah, yeah. Immediate, right? Yeah. And here's the big one. Barry, have you felt the chemical effect of being in constraint? Big time. Big time, we all have. Yeah. And so I bring this up for two reasons. One, I want everyone listening to know you need to get into momentum and we can tell you how to do it in a second, but you need to get into momentum and stay there because that's when people like us feel alive. Yeah. And I also bring this up because when you're in constraint, you're going to feel that feeling of death, that feeling of challenge, that feeling of, of oppression. And you're also going to feel that feeling of chemical depression. And the problem is is that entrepreneurial personality types, evolutionary hunters like you and I, if you run into the wrong doctor on the wrong day in the wrong feeling of constraint, they're gonna give you a diagnosis of some made up disease that doesn't exist and a bunch of doctors voted on so they can give you a pill. Run yeah. from that person. Because it doesn't matter what they call you. If they say bipolar or depressed or ADD or ADHD or Asperger's or autism or any of that shit, I've been called all of it. I have every one of those diagnoses and I've succeeded at a level where most people can only dream of. So it doesn't matter what diagnosis or disease or disorder somebody's told you you have. One of us, just like you and me, has had it, gone on to overcome it and change the world anyway. So can you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about momentum in, in a second. Before we do that, I'm curious to know, how do you feel the journey of, of, of a social entrepreneur has changed? And what I mean by that is if, is if I look back 10, 15 years ago when I got into my own business, it, it was almost like everyone was in competition with one another. Regardless of whether you had the same type of business or not, you're in competition with someone else. If they're in business, they were taking market share, you're in competition. And I've certainly seen a significant shift where there seems to be a lot more contribution to one another, even in, even in the same industries. Even more than that, though, I've seen this level of vulnerability the last few years. I've seen this ability that people have had to actually go on the line and share what's really going on. And, and I've started to see a huge shift there. Like, I'd love to know your perspective on that and what you've experienced or what you've seen, you know, coming and where you think this is heading. Well, Barry, I think, you know, the, the, it's interesting because I've been in business long enough to, to remember back before we had email. Mm. Like my, my first company that I ran, we didn't have email. We had just barely started getting email. Mm. And the first business I ran, we certainly didn't have access to the internet. And so when I was in my early 20s, we just started to get like 
we weren't using faxes as much <laughs> and we were, but like I, I ran a, a huge business with 15 offices and we used to FedEx CD-ROMs and, and paper all over the place to understand what was going on because you couldn't transfer information. And so wow. what's happened is all the advent of technology has made business infinitely easier to run. I don't care what anybody says. It's easier to run a business today than at any time in human history. And it's easy to succeed at a level that you just couldn't in the past. When you look at the tools we have available today, you know, our company uses Infusionsoft and Airtable and ClickFunnels. Like ClickFunnels alone is such a game-changing platform yeah. that any business can go out and have a, a entire marketing company. Like what it used to cost Katie and I, about $1.2 million a year to produce is now yours in ClickFunnels for like $99 a month. I used to have a seven person team that did all of our funnels, all of our conversions, all of our exposures. So today it's crazy how much easier it is. But here's what's happened. That access to information, that public persona, that, that creation of like, hey, you are one step away from hitting like on anyone has mm -hmm. made it so that as an entrepreneur, you better be real and you better yeah. be authentic. And you should like if you're making up a whole persona, you're dead these days. Yeah. Because the the vast majority of the population, especially in, in countries like Australia, like you guys have a BS meter that's a mile high. And if somebody's making things up or or winging it or pretending, it's very easy to, to diagnose and see in today's world. And so I think what's happened with the advent of social media and visibility and transparency. You know, Barry, hundreds and sometimes thousands of people watch my morning routine on Instagram, on my Instagram stories every morning. So, and, and what happens is I'm, I like show people I made a shake and then I'll get a reply and somebody says, hey, I've been watching you for, you know, seven weeks. You're one of the most consistent people I've ever met. I love how you treat your daughters. Can I have an appointment to join your program? Mm. Because what's happened is people now can vet you at a level they never have before. You mm. can take presidents and look at them on social media and see exactly what they're doing. So these days, I think, you know, it, it, you have a choice as an entrepreneur, you can either be transparent and live a life that you're willing to share with anyone, or you can be one of the people who has to hide, but yeah. you, you have one of the two choices. So I I've decided to, you know, I, I've, for my whole life, I've lived my life in a way that I want to be beyond reproach and I want to be able to be transparent with anyone where I can be a completely open book and hide nothing. But I think that the advent of social media has made that a near requirement if you want to build trust with people. Yeah, yeah, couldn't have, couldn't agree more. Awesome share, um, loving our chat, mate. Let's let's jump into momentum. Let's uh, for the people that we're kind of on the hook right now, saying, Alex, I just want to know how to get in momentum. Yeah. How do we do that? Well, Barry, here's here's what's interesting. I want to I want to I'm going to actually explain this by asking you some questions. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, and, and don't feel bad because like almost every time I'm on a podcast, I take over as the interviewer. So this is just another <laughs> one of those. <laughs> so, so Barry, can you remember a period of momentum in your life? Yeah, definitely. What was it? Uh, it, was, it was two quarters ago. And what was yeah. going on? Uh, it, felt like, it felt like we were making consistent progress. One okay, foot so in front of the other. Yeah. So check this out. I'm going to ask just three, three categories of questions. So one, what was the outcome you were aiming at when you were in momentum? Uh, growth. Of yeah. what? Uh, my business company. So it was growing a business. Yeah. And so in that time period, you have a high level of focus on an outcome of growth. Yeah. Okay. Who around you was helping you and who were you helping? Uh, so my general manager and my whole entire team was helping mm -hmm. me. And I was helping them and our clients. 
So massive contribution going in both directions. Yeah. yeah. Was it clear what your responsibilities were? Yeah. Was it clear what your team's responsibilities were? Yeah. Okay. Last question. What scoreboard were you using to see if you were successful? Uh, there's a couple net client game and net promoter score for my clients. So you actually were tracking net client gain, net promoter score, and probably revenue. There, there was, there's, there's a bunch of KPIs, but, but the three kind of core one is net promoter score, which, which presupposes revenues going up, profits going up. And the second one, um, sorry, net, net client gain. The second one, net promoter score, meaning that, that our clients are happy. Uh, and third yeah. one, sorry, is retention. Retention rate was a huge one too. Right. So here's what you just demonstrated. In order for us to be in momentum, we need to have three things. One, we need a clear outcome that we can actually see, that we understand. Like if, if you're at $100,000 in revenue right now and you set the goal of $10 million, that is not a clear outcome. That's silly. That's, that might be a dream. That might be a wish. That might be something you put on a board. It's not a clear outcome. It's not going to get you into momentum. In fact, it might knock you out of momentum. So first, you need a clear outcome that you can see from where you are. Second, you need clear accountability. What you're responsible for, what the people around you are for responsible for, and if you have that, it creates contribution. Barry, did you get closer to the people you were working with during that period yeah. of momentum? Without right? a doubt. Yeah. Like, didn't you build relationships that will probably last for a long time during that period? Yeah. And then the third thing we need, clear outcome, accountability, and a scoreboard, cool. transparent. And so whenever I meet an entrepreneur that says, Alex, I'm out of momentum, very quickly by asking those three things, we can determine like, hey, you have an outcome. You know what you're supposed to do. You're not keeping score. Or you don't really know where you're headed. How could you possibly be in momentum? You're like a ship going around in circles. So all of our business systems that we share with people are about doing three things, getting clear outcomes, rigorously tracking the results, and creating accountability that you can't get out of so that everyone knows exactly where they stand. And that's how you create momentum. And very like... The results we get with our clients by applying that simple strategy are crazy. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it, I don't know how you can grow. I don't know how you can grow a business without having those things in place. Yeah, you but what's to, interesting is that's all you need. Yeah, you don't need. And and here's here's what happens. And I, I just want to put this out there for everybody to think about. You know, um, I have this 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 aversion and this like almost an allergy to goal setting experts. I can't stand goal setting experts. At least I haven't found one that I like yet because here's what goal setting experts do. They get up in front of the room, they bounce around and they get all excited and they're like, Barry, okay, so now I want you to dream bigger and write down a bigger number and cross it out and double it and that's your goal and we're gonna make this happen and blah, blah, blah. And within a week, you're like, what even happened? I don't even know like what that was all about. And yes. so goal setting experts really frustrate me. I'm a goal achievement expert. And here's, yeah. here's what I know about goal achievement. If you set a target close enough that you can hit it and you make it clear, then you know what your responsibilities and the responsibilities of the people around you and you're keeping score, you're going to get massive forward gains. I'll share a, a quick example with you. So in July of 2017, I started working with a couple named Alex and Layla Hormozzi. Their business yeah. was right around $2 million and three people. So they had three people They were doing about $2 million in a coaching product. And um, they started applying these systems, clear outcome, accountability, scoreboards, a lot of our other systems as well. But when I sat down with them in our first meeting, they were building a team. And I, you know, I said, legitimately, what do you guys think you can do in the next year? And Alex Hormozzi said 12 million. And I said, well, you did two, 
you know, we're going to set it at 12. That's a pretty high jump. Why don't we pull that target closer for your team and make it something that they can just walk through so that we increase their confidence and commitment? Well, he trusted me enough and they pulled the target closer. They set it at 4 million. That year, they, they almost got to 18. Barry, they're in their 19th month since then. So 19 months later, they went from 2 million. They're now at 50. Yeah. 50, five zero. They just yeah, did over right. four and a half million last month. Yeah. Yeah. Alex and Layla are incredible what they've done. And yeah, just, I, I couldn't agree more. I had, and they're probably listening to the podcast right now. I had a, they uh, live right over this way. <laughs> when, when I met Alex and Layla, they lived in California. They moved here to Austin a while after we started working together. Wow. Wow. We, 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 we had a client the other day and it was exactly the same conversation because what a big learning for me a few years ago was around progress over perfection is let's just get things moving. Let's not try to aim for perfection because we can't hit that. And, and we're setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting ourselves up for sabotage. Let's set a goal yeah. that we can achieve to build some confidence, to build some momentum, to then stretch it again. And, and I think you're exactly right is most people go out there, like think bigger. It's all good. It makes you feel great. And to, oh, it's like full of adrenaline and, and all these feelings. And, yeah, but it does nothing. No, no. Mate, cautious of time, I've got a couple of quick questions. Number one, what was the best, and I've just taken the microphone back. What, <laughs> all yours, <brother. laughs> what was the best piece of advice you've ever, ever received off a mentor, off a friend, off someone you know? Uh, that's, that's pretty easy. It's advice that I ignored for a long time, but when I finally listened to it, my whole life changed. I had a, a mentor when I was younger, um, actually a wildly successful uh, guy named Howard Johnson, who, who built the company Targus. And I worked with Howard when Targus, when I started with him, Targus was at about 40 million. I was one of their main consultants. I handled the entire Latin American territory for him. And when I stopped working with Targus, they were approaching a billion. So I watched a massive growth curve. And I asked Howard, so Howard, and I was in my 20s, I said, Howard, what would you tell someone at my age that they should do to be successful. And he was 100% serious. And he looked at me and he said, Alex, your success is not gonna be determined by what you do in business. Your success will be determined by your personal habits, the people you choose to be around, and the things you choose to do when you're not working. And I remember thinking like, what a load of crap. And I totally ignored it. But it stayed in the back of my mind and it kept like, like bouncing around and, you know, it was a few really bad relationships later and a few hungover days later and like a few really bad choices later where I started thinking like maybe Howard has something that like is really real there. And I started focusing on improving my routines, my habits, putting, getting into the right relationships, making sure I wasn't going to places where I wasted time, wasted energy, wasted effort. And very almost immediately my entire life exploded. And, you know, I was doing okay before that, but I didn't get into the multiple millions until I cleaned up who I was and what I was doing. And mm -hmm. so when we're coaching really successful people these days, one of the things we do is we talk about morning routines. We talk about hydration. We talk about eating right, breathing, meditating, uh, making sure that you're present and aware because here's what far too many entrepreneurs try and do. They try and compartmentalize business and who they are. And we take a holistic approach because the more you show up as a human being, the better you're going to run your business. Yeah. And so uh, it took me a few years to take that advice on, but it's now exactly the advice I use to coach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly believe that, that people don't have business problems. They have personal problems that are expressed through their business. And no doubt. 
you know, the business will never outgrow the founder. So in order for the business to grow, we as the founder must keep growing. Yeah. yeah. I love Last that you said no, no, no business is perfect. We have a saying that your business is broken and if things go well, it always will be because the only business that's perfect is one that is closed. It has no complaints, no challenges, no issues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Mate, lastly, uh, and wow, like what an awesome conversation. I hope that the guys watching, listening to this have got uh, many notes and many things to go back to implement, but most important, at least one thing they can go back and do for success. How do you set up your days? How do you set up yourself? How does your family set yourself up for success? So I use our momentum planning system. Um, I'm pretty obsessed with planning and with systems and strategies for entrepreneurs. So we actually teach this. It's one of our products. And, and here's what, what we did a few years ago was we looked at and said, what is it that creates success in an entrepreneur? Not just what do we think, but scientifically, um, when we looked at neuroscience, I actually worked with one of the world's foremost neurologists, Robert Cooper, for a year. And we tested all of our strategies, all of our processes. And so on a daily basis, I sit down and rather than just attacking a to-do list, which I never do, I ask the following questions. I ask, what's my intention for the day? And I write down, what do I want out of each meeting? What do I want out of each interaction? What is it that I actually want to get? Not just show up. What are my intentions for those meetings? Mm -hmm. And here's what's funny, Barry. The people we coach tell us, you know, it's weird, Alex. Whatever I write down in the intention, and eventually it just starts happening. So I write down bigger and bigger intentions, and they just keep happening. I'm like, it's working. And then, <laughs> then I write down the second answer, I, 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 or second question I answer every day is, where was I uncomfortable yesterday? Here's a problem for people like us, Barry. You and I are tolerating too much. We're good at tolerating. In fact, we're good at putting up with stuff. We're good at ignoring, at shoving things aside, at redirecting our focus. And we will tolerate discomfort for far longer than the average person. And by, by identifying and confronting what makes us uncomfortable, we grow our lives. And so I answer those two questions. Then I write down my calendar. I write down my to-do list. And then I pick the top three things I have to do each day. Like what are the, what are the most important things for each day? And I make sure those get done. And mm -hmm. I also have a to-do list where I might do other things, but I make sure at least the top three get done. And this ensures I'll be successful. And then at the end of the day, I answer two questions on, the, on, on our note sheet. What am I grateful for? And where did I win today? Mm -hmm. Because by expressing gratitude, we, we activate reticular activation where we will go out and look for things that we're grateful for. And that actually creates a much more robust and exciting life. Yeah. And then by acknowledging where I won, it makes me proactively say, this is what I should be recognizing and celebrating because people like us are terrible at celebrating anything yes. or recognizing anything. But once we start recognizing wins, we get more of them. So yeah. a, a highly scientific and methodical approach to setting every day up. Yeah, absolutely love that. And, uh, you know, they say that proper planning prevents piss poor performance. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mate, so, so how, how can the guys can be sharpen.com, also the billionairecode.com, any other channels, any other ways the guys can connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. The two, two best URLs is one is momentumpodcast.com. I do a daily podcast five days a week. They're usually from about seven to 20 minutes long. And it's all the, the information that helps entrepreneurs start businesses and grow them to the point where they need to come to us to help them build teams. So we put our best content out on the podcast every day. And then the second place is go to freemomentumbook.com and get a copy of the Entrepreneurial Personality Type book. 
Yeah, outstanding. Alex Sharpen, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for your time and uh, for everything you've shared for the guys today. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get you on the show again soon. Sounds good, Barry. If you get a good response from this, I'll absolutely come down back for round two. So you hear that, guys? So uh, if we want to get Alex back, you got to like, share, comment, uh, sprinkle this stuff everywhere. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Hey, thanks in advance for anybody who's willing to do that. And Barry, thanks for an awesome interview. Yeah, awesome, mate. Thank you.